0: All right, everybody. Well, welcome to Mosaic. Uh, Just especially if it's your first time today, I just want to welcome you. My name is Joe. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so happy that you're here. And our hope today is that you experience Jesus in a way that you never have before, Uh, because I know that there's people that come from all kind of different backgrounds. Uh, Some have a church background, some don't. And and this is a place where you can come and you can kick the tires and you can and you can see what Jesus is all about. You can hear the teachings of Jesus. And, and our hope is that you find that he's real, that he really loves you, and that he has a plan for your life. And so um, I just hope you feel welcome today. And if you'd like to find out more, we have an info center in the lobby. I'd love to meet you after service, and so come hunt me down. I'll either be up here or in the lobby, and, and man, i just love to say hi and get to know you. And so thanks for being here. We're starting a new series today that I'm so excited about. <clears throat> But before we get in, if, if, if I just want to draw your attention to this card in the seat back pocket in front of you. It's our Connect card. And so especially if it's your first time, fill it out. If you'd like to leave a prayer request, um, you can do that on the back. Um, or if you'd like to sign up for 101, baptism, anything on the church calendar, you can just use that blank that says sign up for and sign up. And, and we'd be so honored if you connected with us uh, through that. <clears throat> All right, let's dig in today. New series, When at Home. And um, as you saw in that, that quick video, there's a lot of ways to win when it comes to our family, when it comes to our home. And what I wanna tell you right off the bat is that this series is not just for people in that season with kids at home, not just for the people that are tucking their kids in at night, not just for those of you that, that have family on the mind. This series is for everybody because everything starts at home. Hopefully we all live somewhere, right? We lay our head down somewhere, and so that place where we recharge, where we, where we kind of settle down, so much happens in that place that, and flows out of that place and affects our whole life. And so I think it's incredibly important as believers to win at home. And so let's read the text for today. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Joshua 24, 14 through 15, or it's on your notes there on the seed, or you can open up your app and follow along. But in Joshua 24, 14 through 15, Joshua has summoned all of Israel. And when I look at this passage and when I read this chapter, I think, and in my mind's eye, I just see Joshua standing on like a big boulder, you know, something that he gets up on to talk to the whole nation. And he summons all of them. It says that he got all the tribes, all of them right in front of him so he could tell them a message. And so think about that, he summoned all the families. That means all the grandparents, all the single people, all the kids, all the families doing well, all the families that were struggling, right? Everyone. He wasn't just talking to the mom and dad with two kids and a two car garage and, and that, that lawn and the white picket fence. He was talking to everybody when he gave this message. And he said this, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today, underline that, choose today whom you will serve. would you prefer the gods your ancestors served to be on the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love that. I love the passion. I love the, the straightforwardness. I love the challenge. And that's what I want you to hear today. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this word. God, for this message. And just like Joshua was talking to his people in his context, I pray that we would hear this in our context today. That regardless of the culture we live in, regardless of the things that people serve these days or don't serve, God, I pray we can choose you. I pray that we choose you wholeheartedly. God, that there wouldn't be any double-mindedness or 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 split loyalties in our life. Jesus, help us to put this word into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you look at your home and when you look at your family, when you look at your life, it doesn't matter what season you're in, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. I think it's out of this overwhelm that millennials today have created a new term. Maybe you've heard it. It's called adulting, right? Right? As if there's this huge, like, switch from when you leave the house to when you start paying your own bills and take care of your own stuff. And it's like, they celebrate every time they pay a bill. And it's like, I'm adulting today, right? Maybe you've heard it. If you're a young adult, maybe you've said it. And I think it just comes from the fact that there's this reality check when life happens. And it's not so easy, right? And I think it's easy when you look at your life and all the stuff you have to do to feel like, man, where do I begin Anybody? Let's get honest. You ever walk into a messy house? Anybody? And you look around at the mess and you're just like, where do I begin? I don't even know where to start. I think that's what causes people to just take everything and put it in the closet and shut the door. Anybody ever done that? Right? You just get a little overwhelmed. You see so many problems, and one thing leads to another. And so you start one project, and it's like, because you did that project, you got to do another project and another project. And after a while, you're just like, I'm done. I don't want to do anything, right? But it's overwhelming. Taking care of the kids, running them all over, cleaning, bills. I'll be the first to admit today that my house and my home and my family and the dynamics within my family is not perfect. Newsflash. We have human beings living in my house, right? I'm a pastor. I try to do the right thing. I try to lead well. But at the end of the day, there's humans living in the, room, in, the, in the house. And we all make bad choices, and we're not always as organized as we want to be, and we're not always as kind as we'd hope to be, right? We don't always say the right thing. We don't always do the right thing. And because of those mistakes, things get complicated. We say, I'm sorry a lot in my house, right? But life's hard. Life is hard, and so here's, here's really the big underlying thought in our talk today. Because life is tough, because it gets complicated, because home is complex, I have to bring my best. And I have to take advantage of God's best if I'm going to have a chance. Because my best isn't going to be good enough. Listen, and this is, why we have, this is why winning at home and this focus is so important. Because it doesn't matter how good you are. I've known a lot of good people. Make a lot of money. Really sharp, professional. Really good at work. Really good at, at just doing life. But they don't win at home. And they get to the end of, of their life, and they're like, "What was it all? At, what was it all for? If I didn't win at home?" Jesus said, "What is it to gain the whole world, but lose your soul?" And I think, man, if we get to the end of our life and we've lost our family, it kind of feels like we've lost pieces of our soul. And so we have to win at home. I've got to bring my best universal truth that I've learned, and I continue to learn over and over and over in my life. That I can't give what I don't have. You ever notice that? I can't give love if there's not love in my heart. I can't give peace if I'm not a peaceful person. I can't be somebody that imparts joy to others if I'm not full of joy. I can't be kind to other people if there's not kindness in my heart. I can't be gentle to my kids if there's not a gentle spirit within me. I can't give what I don't have. And so i got to bring my best because so much flows out of the home. It's the base. I recharge there. I relax there. I take my Sabbath there. Sometimes my bedroom is a mess. Sometimes my toolbox in the garage, guys, can you hear me, is a mess. And just to kind of get my mind around life, I need to organize it, and I need to fix it. Sometimes my house is a mess. But at some point, if the home is a mess, it's going to leak into your life. If, you, if, you, if you're such a mess all the time and I'm just talking about clothes on the floor or socks in the wrong place or the toilet paper roll gets put on backwards and it just sends you to the moon. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about if you're just life is a mess at home and things are out of order, eventually it's going to leak into your job. It's going to leak into your life. Things are going to fall apart. Isn't it kind of funny how when people say, hey, get your house in order. They're usually not talking about, you know, oh, you're working this week. Usually when people say, get get your house in order, somebody's gonna die. Or you're going off to war. Why do we why why do we have that mentality that I'm only only gonna get my house in order when the end is coming? No. We need to win at home now. But this series isn't just about having a clean house, about everything being organized. It's not about having an HGTV home. It's not about making your home the next sports factory for the next MLB, NFL, or NBA star. Listen, the best thing that you can do to win at home is to get Jesus in your home. Listen, Jesus isn't supposed to stay at church. It's not just something that you talk about when you come here. And the Old Testament it says you talk about it when you get up and when you go out and when you come in and when you lie down all the time. And so how do I start winning at home? How do I get Jesus in my home? How do I make him the center and the focal point of my home? Where do I begin? That's what today is all about. How do we start winning at home? The first thing we got to do, we have to choose your values. You and I, every single one of us has to make a choice. I'm going to choose my values. And you have to do this for yourself. Don't just come to church on a Sunday morning and listen to me. And you're just like, what he said. No. You've got to think about, what am I going to choose? And if you're about to launch, if you're a young adult and you're you're about to head out into the world, or maybe you've just started, and and, and here's what happens most of the time. It happens by default. You know, who you hang around with, who you spend time with, and all of a sudden your values are theirs. How? By osmosis. You were just there, and because of what they chose, that's who you are. But this challenge that Joshua gives us is, is way different than that. It's like, no, you choose. You choose your values. And I just think about this. Joshua had one thing to say to Israel, and this was it. Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped. So who you were before Christ, and maybe you haven't met Christ, and so that would be who you are now. And so put that away. Put away those old choices and say, man, God, I'm going to serve you with everything. Choosing the value, right? serve the Lord alone but and I love this kind of attitude here but if you refuse to serve the Lord then choose today who you will serve and Joshua gave the Israelites the challenge and he's given it to you and me today who are you going to serve you got to serve somebody you're going to serve yourself you're going to serve other people because you're so fixated on your reputation are you going to serve Jesus I love this drawing in the line, a line in the sand mentality. Hey, where am I going to fall? Am I going to fall on the Lord's side or am I going to make my own choices on my own? There's no time like the present. So much of the time we said, I'm going to wait. I'll make that choice then. I'll do that then. No, there's no time like the present. Listen, God is a God of second chances. And no matter what happened in your life before today, there's grace and you can have a new future. Your your past doesn't have to be your future. Your past doesn't have to define your destiny because of the grace of God. But that doesn't mean that your time is not precious. That doesn't mean that you don't have a chance now to make choices to have a better future. Last week, the verse that we talked about said, make the most of every opportunity. And especially you young people, don't wait to choose your values. Don't let someone else tell you what you're going to believe. Don't let culture be the defining factor of your choice. Make the most of every opportunity. Choose today who you're going to serve. Why? Because when you pre-decide, you won't have to make another decision later on the spot. This is the biggest decision. You, You know, God, I'm going to serve you wholeheartedly. I'm going to serve you alone. It predecides all kinds of answers in your life. I love the analogy that Jesus gives in the New Testament of a house built on a on a rock or the house built on the sand. And when the storms of life come, right, which one stands? The one built on the rock. We've got to choose. Where are we going to build our life? I love what, what, what Jesus says in the book of Revelation. He says, Don't be lukewarm. Be hot or be cold. And that's kind of what Joshua is saying. Hey, you got to choose one or the other, so make your choice, but do it wholeheartedly. Either choose God or choose the world. Man, back in high school, I had a youth leader that was such a huge influence in our life, and he used to say that. Hey, either live for Jesus or go live for the world. Do one or the other, but quit messing around. I love that. And it, it always convicted me. And, and when I read that verse, the, you know, it says, be hot. Or be cold, but don't be lukewarm because if you're lukewarm, it says in Revelation that Jesus, the Lord, is going to spit you out of his mouth. That's kind of harsh. That's kind of like in your face. But sometimes that's the kind of word that we need because we can't do this halfway. In James, the Bible says being double minded, kind of waffling between the two, is a disaster waiting to happen. And so we got to choose who are we going to serve? Every day you make a choice. What will be the values of my life? My home, my family, your future family if you're single, or you you if you're going to be single, the rest of your life, your family. It's you. Your unit. It's a daily activity. You know the two things that show what you really value more than anything else? Your calendar and your checkbook. Your calendar and your checkbook. You wanna say, what are the values of my life? Open up the calendar and open up the checkbook and you'll read your own book right there, right. right? You'll see, is church a priority? Our relationships with people that are helping me grow a priority? What takes precedence? Is Jesus and his values a part of our conversations? Is the only time I talk about Jesus at church, right? If things were going to get weighted, what would win? <clears throat> would my hobbies win? Would, would the travel sports win? Or does Jesus win in my life? And I'm not saying anything against sports. My kids have played three sports for a lot of years. But when it came down to it, it's like, kids, if we have to choose, we're going to choose Jesus. And there's one thing that's not going to be optional in our life. We're going to follow Jesus. Right? We're going to choose Our values. If you're like, where do I start with my values? Excuse me. The best place to start is the great commandment and the great commission. I love the pastor that said a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will build a great church. And that's the same for your home. A great commitment in your home to the great commandment Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. And that starts right in your neighborhood. That will build a great home. So if you're saying, Joe, I don't know what values to pick. I don't know what to do with my life. How about you just start there? Keep it simple. Remember? Talked about that last week. Keep it simple. Because if you don't have some values that are guiding you, then you're just keeping up with the Joneses. There's a big difference between vocalized values and lived values, right? I love those cool signs that people make these days. And, man, I've got some talented friends that make some really cool ones, and, and people pay a lot of money for them. And, and I was at my brother's house yesterday, and they've got a beautiful home. And up above the, the front door of their house, they've got this really cool sign that says this verse, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that awesome? It's like proclaiming it. But there's one thing for the sign to be on the wall it's another thing for those behaviors to be lived out down the hall, right? And so we got to choose our values. This is the first step. What do we got to do second? If we're going to begin to win at home, because a lot of times, remember, we walk in, we're like, this is a mess. Where do I start? So the second thing we got to do is we got to lead myself well. I've got to lead myself well. What does Joshua say? But as for me, verse 15, But as for me, he didn't start with somebody else. His leadership began with himself. When he said, I want to make a difference in my home, I want to make a difference in my country, I want to make a difference in my nation, he's like, but as for me, he came first. This inner drive, this inner motivation, a really spiritual way to say it would be being filled with the Spirit. Spirit. You see, his motivation didn't come from outward influences, it came from within. He's like, as for me, listen, blaming others and blaming why things aren't how they should be is such a futile activity, but leading myself and taking responsibility for my choices always benefits everyone in my life, everyone. You see, when lead, you lead yourself, there's a progression of choices that you make. First, it starts with a moment of discovery. I need to change, right? I, and it could be a whole lot of things. It could be, you know, I need to be more kind. That's a moment of discovery. I need to go on a diet. That's a moment of discovery. I need to get more organized. That's a moment of discovery. I need to better myself at work that's a moment of discovery right where you realize i need to change then comes a moment of commitment i'm going to change i'm going to do this i'm going to commit my life to being different it's a really important step but it's not enough we make commitments all the time right and don't follow through some of you have um you don't have a gym membership you have a, a gym donorship right you might say, oh, I'm a member at the gym, when in reality, you're a gym donor. You send the money every month, but you don't go. You know what I mean? And so the commitment doesn't mean the follow-through. Some of you have an Audible membership, and you get those credits every month. You send your 15 bucks in, but you never listen to the books. Some of you contribute to bookstores all over the place, but the books stay on the shelf because you made a commitment to grow, but never went through with it. Commitment only gets you so far, what happens next? So you discover and then you commit, and then what happens, you decide. Okay, I'm gonna decide, tomorrow I'm gonna begin. Right? An old man somewhere at one point, probably a dad, he said, five frogs were sitting on the log. Four decided to jump off. How many frogs are on the log? Some people would say, well, there's one frog on the log. And he said, no, five. They just decided they didn't actually jump. Right? Cheesy dad joke, but it proves the point. Sometimes you decide to do something. Once again, it doesn't mean that you actually do it. This is where the rubber hits the road in self-leadership. How about this one? I decided to follow Jesus. Did you follow him? Decisions only get you somewhere. so far. So we discover, we commit, we make a decision. And then we have moments of action, right? We act on it. We finally do something. Hey, I worked out this morning. Hey, I read my Bible that one time last year. Hey, I was nice to my parents last month. Or I was honest that one time, right? Actions only get you so far if they're just a moment of action. So we discover We commit, we decide, we act on it. And then there's those moments of proof, right? When testing and hardship come, the proving ground, do you have what it takes when the rubber hits the road? Proof is the final test, and it's going to keep happening. You've got to keep proving yourself over and over and over. Will I read my Bible when I don't feel like it? Will I serve when I don't feel like it? Will I keep a pure heart when I don't feel like it? Will I honor the authorities in my life when I don't feel like it? Will I let go of pride and realize I don't have it all together? Will I take responsibility every time for my feelings and my choices in my life? Will I choose not to be selfish? Will I actually follow Jesus right now? I gotta lead myself. I gotta lead myself, not someday, today. And so let's break this down just so that we're all really crystal clear today. What do I need to do to lead myself well? Don't overcomplicate it. I need a clear direction. I gotta choose today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a clear direction. I need a system and an action plan for execution. That's called a calendar. You gotta, you, you can't put all the temporal things on the calendar and not put the eternal things on the calendar. So I got to have a system when and how am I going to follow Jesus. And then you need follow through. Those moments of proof. And you got to do it day after day after day. This might sound really simple, but this is where it gets real. As for me, as for me first, the third thing that we're going to do if we're going to begin to win at home, right, we're going to choose our values, which, man, I pray with everything in me, you choose Jesus. I'm going to lead myself well because it always starts with me. And then number three, I've got to intentionally model and inspire. I've got to intentionally model and inspire. What's the rest of that verse? Verse 15, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Now, isn't it kind of funny though? Have you ever tried to make your spouse do something? Uh oh, <laughs> it just got real. Those of you with a two year old, have you ever tried to make that two year old do something? It, it, it's fun. I remember, you know, every once in a while, or when my, when my kids were little, my son would uh, have some breathing issues and we'd have to do this nebulizer thing, right? Where you put this little mask thing on and the kid's freaking out. And so I would literally have to bear hug that kid while he is like like turning into the Hulk right? Isn't it crazy how strong two-year-olds get when they don't want to do something? And so I'm bear-hugging him, and Jolie's holding the mask on him, and the the nebulizer stuff is coming out, and he's screaming, and I'm just thinking to myself, what are the neighbors thinking? Like, they're thinking that we're just torturing these kids, and we're just trying to help them, right? It's really hard to make people do things, and most of the time when you try to make somebody do something, what do they do? They do what my two-year-old little Levi would do, It doesn't go well. And so you think, you read verses like this, and you're like, yeah, right, Joshua. I might be able to say, as for me, but how in the world am I going to say, as for my family? I can't make them do anything. And so how do we do this? This is a leadership question. Listen, one of the first steps of self-leadership, remember, it starts with, as for me, and so what, what do you have to do to get yourself going? You have to self-inspire. One of the first steps of self-leadership is self-inspiration. If you can't inspire yourself, what makes you think you're going to inspire others? If you can't inspire yourself to action, what makes you think that your family is going to want to follow Jesus like you do? If you can't inspire yourself to get up and do something different for God, why is anybody else going to want to? So who's the first person to be inspired? It's you. Are you inspired by your home? Are you inspired by your life or your choices? And I don't say this to put you down. I'm saying this to lift you up because I'm saying this to myself. Man, what in my life needs to change? I'm taking on that challenge because I want to serve Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm going to choose him with everything that I got. Maybe you say, Joe, my family has issues Joe, you don't know my family. You don't know how hard it's been. You don't know what's going on in my life. Joe, there's generational issues. Joe, my grandfather was an alcoholic, and my dad was an alcoholic, and now we struggle with it. And you could replace alcohol with any kind of thing. You could say, man, we had this generational thing of, 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 of broken homes. And adultery and, and, and running around. You could put any kind of family dynamic or problem in there. And you could be like, Joe, you don't know my family. And so I, don't, I could say as for me, but I don't know if I could say as for my family. Listen, I believe with all my heart that God is the God of second chances. And he wants to break that generational cycle in your family. And he wants you to lead and stand up with confidence and say, as for me and my family. And that doesn't mean that your family today is serving Jesus, but it means that you're going to set the example. And you're going to step out with determination and be the one to follow. That's how you say, as for me and my family. You, with God's help, can break the cycle. The future generations can be different than the previous generations. Listen, this is a huge thing to get deep down in your heart. You can't legislate the heart. You can't. You can't pass a law and people's heart change. Right? If that was possible, then the government would have fixed us a long time ago. But they they haven't fixed us, have they? Right? You can't legislate the heart but you can lead and inspire. You can't legislate the heart, but you can lead and inspire. Man, it's depressing sometimes how little I can change other people. And believe me, as a pastor, it gets depressing. I'm like, I preached my heart out, and I don't even feel like they heard it. God, why aren't they changing? And I, that's just a little uh, window into my heart as a pastor. It's like, and i and, am and just confronted all the time with how little I can do to change people. But you know what I can do? I can lead. I can inspire. I had some friends. Their names were Kevin and Wendy. And they were actually my, my mentor missionaries when I lived in Bulgaria. When I showed up in Bulgaria in 2003, they had already been there for about 10 years. Um, amazing couple. They went to Bulgaria shortly after the, the, the wall fell of communism that separated the, the west from the east uh, when the Soviet Union fell. And so they, they went there shortly after that when there were bread lines, literally. Um, when they had trouble finding food there for their family um, in Bulgaria. And so they had been there for 10 years and, and uh, worked in the Bible school, done a lot of really cool ministry. But after 10 years, they were kind of feeling down on themselves and feeling like, man, what have we done here? You know, we learned the language and we're, we're, we're teaching in the Bible school, and we're, you know, we've built a lot of relationships. But what have we really done? And you know what they learned—that from conversations with people there, the, the Bulgarians that were looking to them as an example of leadership—that the number one impact that they have made over those ten years was how they loved each other and how they raised their kids. So many Bulgarian couples would come up to them and be like, "Kevin and Wendy, you know, you know what we've learned from you most?" How to love our spouse. How to take care of our kids. You are like a huge example to us on what it means to love your family. And you know how they did that? With their leadership and inspiration. By just leading themselves. By leading their own home really well. You see, this is a long view. This is a long view approach. There's no silver bullet. You can't change others, but you can change you. And so you're going to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I'm committed to lead myself and to follow Jesus every day. And I still know that there's some of you here that are saying, I would, Joe. I would do all that, but they. I would do X, Y, and Z, but they won't. As a pastor, I've heard a lot of other pastors say, Joe, I would do that in my church, but my people won't. Fill in the blank. Right? And a lot of people say that with families. Well, I w- I would live like that family, but I don't. Or but we won't. Right? We make excuses. But here's what the Bible says, speaking very specifically to husbands and wives. And notice when you read these two passages, it really has nothing to do about your spouse. It has everything to do with you. And has everything to do with me and us taking personal responsibility for our choices. First Peter 3, 1 through 2. It says, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. And and a lot of times, you know, we say, well, I would if they did X, Y, Z. Right? But listen to what it says next. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. Isn't that tough? They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Listen, you can't legislate the heart, but you can lead and inspire. Man, some verses like this, it's just, don't you kind of wish they weren't in the Bible? Because you're like, God, no, I want you to change them. I want you to, to fix them. It's their choices that are making everything a mess. And God's saying, hey, you can't fix them. You can't legislate the heart, but you can lead and you can inspire. Husbands, what does God say to you? Ephesians 5.25, it says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. This is where it gets really heavy. Because can you save yourself? No, you're saved by grace through faith based on what Jesus did on the cross for you, right? And so basically it's saying, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Basically not expecting, Jesus doesn't expect anything from you. He just gives you forgiveness. He just gives you love. He's the ultimate example of inspiration and leadership. The ultimate example of laying his life down right? And so Jesus didn't come to you and say, hey, I'll save you if you do this. Jesus didn't come to you and say, hey, I'll save you. I'll wash you by the cleansing of God's word. I'll make you holy and clean if you fulfill my expectations. No. He said, hey, I'm going to lead. I'm going to inspire. I'm going to, hey, guess what? I'm going to die for you even if you never choose me. The Bible says, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? And so, how do we begin to win in our home? Choose our values. God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to put the ways of the world behind me and I'm going to start choosing your ways. God, I'm going to lead myself well. I'm going to start right here. I'm going to start with me. The buck stops here. That I, I, and I and I alone, have control over my thoughts my feelings you can't always help how you feel but you always choose how you're going to react to those feelings god god i have control over how i lead and inspire and love others so god i'm going to say with confidence that as for me first and for my house we're going to serve the lord so it's not the house right not like the physical house it's not the spouse it's not the dog or the kids it's not the decor it's not the stuff I've got to choose from me right what am I chasing what am I valuing what am I putting first in my life Jesus help us Jesus help us to choose you help us to choose your values Help us not to waffle, help us not to be divided. Help us, Jesus. One of the most convicting questions that we can ever ask ourselves is that when our kids see us, do they see him? When our kids see how we treat people, do they see an example of how Jesus treated us? I know that there's a lot of hurt in this room. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things that are just seem insurmountable. But I just want to encourage you today that you can stand on the rock that is higher and you can say, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord when my spouse doesn't. I'm going to be kind when when I've been hurt. I'm gonna take a stand. I'm gonna choose you, Jesus. I'm gonna choose your values. I'm gonna lay my life down for others because that's what Jesus did for me, right? That's how you start winning in your home. You get way less selfish and way more selfless. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. A little bit ago, I talked about how, you know, Jesus loved the church, he laid down his life When you were still a sinner, when I was still a sinner, Christ died for us. And if you want to accept Christ into your heart today, and if you want to say, Jesus, I want to put my trust in you, if that's you today, uh, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. And you want to say, Jesus, I I want to take on your values. I want to say yes to you. If that's you today, just raise your hand and say, Joe, include me in that prayer. Amen. If you're here today and you say... So we're coming to church, we're we're, um, doing our best, but man, it's incredibly obvious that there's some values that need to shift in our home. And you, as a believer, you just wanna make a choice to say, hey, God, we need to do a value reset in our home. We need to reevaluate how we're leading ourselves. And God, as a single person, as a parent, as a grandparent, I'm going to make a renewed commitment to lead and inspire others to follow Christ. If that's you, um, if you could just raise your hand with me. Let's pray this prayer of commitment today. Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need you to help us choose right every day your values over ours. God, we need you to help us lead ourselves well. God, we are the toughest people in the world that we will ever lead. And so I pray that you help us to live out the proof that we're followers of Christ every single day. Not because we're trying to earn your approval or earn our salvation or anything like that, but because it matters. Our choices, our life, these moments that you give us matter. God, help us to lead and inspire God, help us not to try to lead our family through manipulation or through any other means, but our own choices, our own commitment, and our own inspiration. God, I pray that you light the fire inside of our hearts because we can't lead ourselves until we first inspire ourselves. And that inspiration comes from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit that you've taken residence in our life, that we're taking time every single day to sit down with you, to talk with you and receive inspiration from God's word. God, just like in Psalm 11, where it says that we're planted by the river. God, that when we're, we remain in you, we prosper. God, when we remain in you, we grow good fruit. Help us, Jesus. We wanna start winning at home. God, we don't want our homes to be so messy and not, not, not just physically, not just organizationally, but spiritually. God, we don't want our homes to be a mess. We wanna win. We want them to be examples of redemption and life change. God, we wanna set the new example for our family for generations to come. So help us, Jesus. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a prayer team up here in a moment. So if you need prayer for anything, if you maybe you got a family issue going, and you just say, hey, and you don't have to share details unless you want to, and you just say, hey, pray for my family. Somebody would love to pray for you here after service. And then secondly, um, we've got a couple things coming up. Um, on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, we have a worship and prayer night. Um, if you're like, what is that? Basically, we're going to, the worship team's going to play. We're going to have some times of focused prayer where we'll lead you in prayer. We're going to have some stations around the room that will help guide you in prayer. It's a really special time. And why are we doing it this Wednesday? Because on Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. And I just think that's so cool to know that people all over our country are praying together. You know, what happens lots and lots of different people come together in prayer god moves god moves and and he responds Uh, we see it all throughout scripture and sometimes it's like why god why do you why do you want me to pray because he asked us to he said ask he said seek seek my face Seek first the kingdom of God. And so we're going to do that together as a church. on Wednesday night. I really encourage you to come. I know for some of you that might be a little stretched. Like, oh, I'm going to come for an hour and worship and pray. Hey, it's okay. You can sit down. You can just relax. You don't have to be like everybody else. You know, I sometimes hear at Mosaic, um, you know, people get pretty excited during worship. You don't have to do that. You can just sit and take it all in and say, Jesus, what do you have for me? But the important thing is, is that you're setting aside time to seek face of God. And so we got that going. Um, We got class 301 coming up on the 19th. Man, I'm excited about what what God's going to do in our church this month through this series. And And then also, if you want to worship God with your giving, you can do so as you leave today or online and we so appreciate your generosity. Uh, Let me pray as we give today. God, I thank you for the gifts that people are giving to you this week. I just pray that you multiply it for your kingdom. God, as we minister and with with kids and youth and groups and here in our Sunday morning services and through our missions opportunities around the world, God, I pray that you just multiply it to do awesome things for you and your kingdom. In your name, amen. Amen, you're dismissed. Have a great week. Thanks for being a Mosaic today.